Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast here. A nice little kind of bonus episode, I guess. I don't know what this would really be. I usually don't record on Saturday, but woke up bright and early to talk a little bit about a PSYOP paper written by a satanic lieutenant colonel. I hope I'm not misranking this guy. Uh, Michael Aquino. I know a lot of you are familiar with Michael Aquino here, but... um, interesting dude i mean really really strange when i say interesting that doesn't always mean good okay dude's weird um founded this uh temple of set in i believe 1975 and i you know i'm not 100 percent sure that he founded it i know he was the spokesperson um but he, he's very influential in the entire thing and he pops up when you try and search his name he doesn't even have a wikipedia page which is very interesting um yeah and he is in fact the founder i should have had that more kind of nailed down but again this is kind of a loose one uh the majority of like the actual you know research where i'm not just reading will come when i talk about this paper i read this 40 page paper took some notes on it um have some ideas i kind of have some interpretation of this thing there's some great quotes in it and um so towards the uh, you know middle or so of this, I'll, I'll get through this paper. And the reason I'm talking about psyops here and why I think it's so interesting for today is um, obviously we're we're seeing these things go down all the time here in the U.S. This was supposed to be when the ideal was kind of cooked up by the good old military and government. It was supposed to be something that was used against enemies, right? Um, Vietnam, things like this. Okay. Sometimes the public of these areas too, not just the military or some hostile forces, but it's really interesting that they seem to be starting to use this quite a bit on the American people and as the in the public as a whole, you know, not just the American uh, society, but also just the West. And again, really just the entire world, global citizens, it seems, are victims of PSYOP. So, you know, I got some definitions and all this kind of stuff too to go through, but You know, I know a lot of us know what a PSYOP is, but it's interesting to hear the words from this Michael Angelo Aquino, kind of a funny middle name, right? Um, It's interesting because not only the the religious background of this individual who specialized in psychological warfare, um, it's interesting to hear from him because he's saying it, he's saying the quiet part out loud, and I think he's saying a lot of it in coded language. And I think that we can get a better understanding of psyops and, and kind of, you know, realize when these things are going down. I think that, you know, this uh, Oliver Anthony, Anthony Oliver, whatever the hell his name is, all kinds of things like that seem fishy to me. Why does this dude 
making this song. It's a good song. I'm not going to act like, you know, I don't like that type of music really, but it is a good song. It's catchy. The words speak to us, right? But then you see this dude at Burning Man and he starts lying about being at Burning Man and says, well, I wasn't there. Well, actually, I was there. I was just forming, filming a music video. You know, I know it's it's just a music festival, weird hippie commune type thing. But still, the symbolism within that is is dark. Um, doing things like going on Joe Rogan. And the only reason I'm kind of picking on this individual is because the, they're getting really good with these things. They're starting to really kind of understand the way that the freedom lovers in the world and kind of the more conspiratorial thinkers, call us right wing, whatever you want to call it, um, they're starting to really understand how we think. And they're doing such a good job at not only kind of getting us to disagree and kind of this infighting stuff that's been going on for quite a while, right? All kinds of groups are going to have infighting and there's going to be bitching and bickering all all over the place. But I think that a lot of this is put out because of just the mass volume of all of these theories that are getting thrown around, right? And then our our contrarian nature where, you know, we don't want to believe anything that they tell us. So they start telling us stuff that we want to hear so that we don't believe it. I mean, they're like I said, they're doing very good at this. Like I said, I'm recording early here. I'm drinking some coffee, so bear with me. Mm. But let's get into uh, real quick, just for those that don't know about Michael Aquino and the Temple of Set, I just kind of wanted to read some basic stuff. You can go and check out their website, zepper.info, if you're interested, Temple of Set. Um, it's interesting, for sure. Pretty basic website. It looks like it was made in the 90s. Um, there is a book called The Voice of Darkness. Sounds like an audio book if you want to listen to that. I'm interested in hearing what they say. Um, obviously, I'm not tempted at all to become affiliated with this religion. It seems very strange. But they've got an about section. They've got a structure section, resources, a um, few, uh, few orders within the Temple of Set are the Order of the Leviathan, Order of the Setni Kamost, Order of the Trapezoid, and Order of the Vampire. Now, uh, the Lucius Trust has triangles. These guys are upping it a little bit, making that a trapezoid. Uh, it's it's wild stuff. If I had more time, uh, I would definitely just read a bunch of their, their literature here. But it is dark stuff. You've got some Ouroboros symbolism here on their site. And just all kinds of wild, wild... Uh, little tidbits here like i said if you wanted to get into it yourself there's some extensive reading on the site um but i'm gonna mostly just go through kind of um some key points about what it is um founded back in 1975 like i mentioned in none other than san francisco i mean just god just really is present there in san francisco right uh, about 200 to 500 members about approximately it is tax exempt so it is an official church and uh, there's a really great clip that I'll actually post the link for of Michael Aquino going on the Geraldo show with Zena LaVey. You've probably seen the pictures of Zena LaVey on there looking like Taylor Swift, a little too much like Taylor Swift. Uh, maybe I'll throw a mashup of that clip in here in case you don't have time to listen to the whole thing. Let me introduce you first, though, to Zena LaVey. Her father, Anton LaVey, is, uh, I guess, the founding father of Satanism in this country. Can you tell us with any certainty how widespread the religion? I can't say. Thousands, easily. 
Dr. Aquino, the high priest of the Church of Set. Temple of Set. Temple of Set, also a colonel, interestingly enough, in the United States Army. Uh, there is some confusion tonight because this same term means something different to Satanists than it does to Christians in the United States. By our own standards, the people who you've shown in these film clips would not be Satanists, either present or in the past. Rather, they would be the failures of a conventional religion. Originally, the Church of Satan, when it was founded, was composed not of people with a hatred for Christianity, but of people who, by and large, were agnostics and atheists because they felt that the institutions which had arisen around Christianity had failed in their moral commitment. So Satanism itself became an emphasis on rational self-interest and on taking responsibility for your own intellectual and ethical decisions. It was here, parents and others allege, that as many as 60 young children were ritualistically abused by soldiers of Satan. What actually was done to the kids? Uh oral copulation, sodomy, uh, defecation, uh, they were urinated on. The former chief juvenile investigator at the Presidio, Ed Abinovsky, is here. He's now a deputy sheriff in Santa Clara County. Colonel Aquino, we note, sir, for the record that you were originally implicated in the dreadful charges of child abuse. We note also that no charges were ever brought against you and presumably you have been cleared. Would you like to comment on why those charges were brought against you? Well, the entire time that uh, the so-called child molestation scandal was occurring at the Presidio, the time period when um, uh, these terrible events were supposedly taking place, I was assigned to the National Defense University in Washington, D.C., and my wife was out there living with me. But is it not a fact that a three-and-a-half-year-old girl identified you as the alleged perpetrator of molestation? No. As uh, a matter of fact, it is not the case. An accusation was made by her stepfather, who was an Army chaplain, speaking on behalf of this child. In her original interview with the FBI, she denied ever being molested. Well, I've seen the... I, I, you are innocent until proven guilty. You were never charged in this case. I don't want to belabor the point. I have seen, however, the affidavits for the search warrant of your home, and they indicate the child is speaking to the authorities, not her father. This was after she had been subjected to uh, therapy. Let's say you are innocent of that. You are no longer at the Presidio. You are now in St. Louis, but you are still a serving officer, a colonel in the United States Army. Do you feel it is inconsistent with a high-ranking officer pledged, sworn, to uphold the Constitution of the United States that you are also a practicing Satanist? Not in the least. The Army has known of my religion for the last 20 years. There has never been a problem with it, any more than there is a problem with other members of minority religions. But let me read from the Satanic Bible. Quote, one of, this is the, the number one, uh, uh, I guess, uh, commandment. Death to the weakling, wealth to the strong. How can you believe this and still uphold the Constitution of the United States? Death to the weakling? Well, for one thing, what you're looking at there is a highly polemical book that was never meant to be taken literally in Written all of its commandments. Father. Yes, and I'm aware of that, and I'm also saying that members of the Church of Satan understood that much of this book was in the form of a polemic. It was a statement uh, that was dramatically made, but was not intended to be taken literally in all its respects. So we should not take this book literally? Correct. This is Dr. Walter Grote. Would you stand, sir? whose daughter was allegedly abused at West Point, the United States Military Academy. You were a captain in the United States Army, 
aside from what allegedly happened to your daughter, which you, I know you allege was part of a satanic cult, and having nothing to do with this man, I state again, for the record. What is your feeling, sir, on the fact that a serving officer in the United States Army is also a professed Satanist, a high-ranking person? Well, I think uh, in this election year, we've heard a lot about values, Geraldo. Um, we've heard a lot that our little children should be saying the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Uh, Mr. Aquino has identified himself as an antichrist. He preaches that as the leader of the Temple said. I don't think I'm misquoting him. I find it inconceivable that we can have candidates talking about one nation under God and having our children say that, yet by the same token, we can have somebody in our army as a colonel leading our troops in battle who are opposed to the very concept of God and whose whole purpose it is is to fight against God. We have to take a break right here. Next, more on the connection between Satanism and violence, including more charges of the sexual abuse of children. If you have let your kids watch up until now, we urge you, ladies and gentlemen, we are not kidding. Get them away from the TV during our next report. We'll be right back. Now, what's what's interesting about this guy, right? You hear some, some funny stuff there. The temple uh just reading here just a little bit about what it is the temple of set is an occult initiatory order founded in 1975 a new religious movement and form of western esotericism the temple espouses a religion known as setianism those practitioners are called setians this is sometimes identified as a form of satanism although the term is not often embraced by setians and is contested by some academics he kind of heard aquino mentioning that a little bit in that clip now, the temple was established in the United States in 1975 by Michelangelo Aquino, an American political scientist, military officer, and high-ranking member of Anton LaVey's Church of Satan. He kind of broke away from the Church of Satan, even though he was sitting right there with uh, Taylor Swift in that clip. Uh, dissatisfied with the direction of which, uh, in which LaVey was taking the church, Aquino resigned, and according to his own claim, embarked on a ritual to invoke Satan who revealed to him the sacred text called the book coming forth by night. So they're not Satanists, but he invoked Satan. Interesting. Um, now, the Temple of Set was, uh, it's a new religious movement and draws upon earlier forms of Western esotericism. Among academic scholars of religious studies, there has been some debate as to whether the Temple of Set can be characterized as Satanism or not. Well, again, if he's invoking Satan... I don't think that there's much debate here. Um, they mention things in Satanism like eugenics, uh, death to the weak, the strong will prevail, natural selection type stuff. Um, but in they talk about the stuff in the shadows. They don't really talk about this um, you know, outright. And they kind of deny it. And they say, whenever they get questioned with this stuff, they say it's just a joke. It's meant to be satirical. It's all bullshit, obviously. They, they say that it's mostly agnostics and atheists that sign up for this stuff. It's not actually active Satan worshipers. Again, bullshit, okay? Um, I should point out, too, I, I don't know if this individual changed her name or if this was always what her name was, but uh, Michael Aquino's wife, Lilith, is hanging out there. Kind of interesting. Um, I mean, you can't make this up. These guys, these guys aren't just role-playing either. This seems to be some really dark stuff that they're into. And if you haven't heard, there's this whole... And they, they actually talk about it in that clip. So, you know, the idea that Michael Aquino was kind of put up on... Um, there were some allegations that he uh, 
was partaking in some you know horrible stuff against kids right um i believe that it's true i'm not saying that you should but i i tend to believe it supposedly this girl described the inside of this guy's house um i i think it's true you know um i know he was supposedly proven innocent but that doesn't matter to me um the guy seems like a horrible person right a he's the head of a psychological department psychological warfare department in the military and um that's bad enough now the reason i'm speaking about him like this is because from all that i've gathered he's dead but you also don't have a death date of him uh that i've seen i've seen some people from unofficial places saying he died back in 2020 and they say like he he left his body or something right they say he uh Remanifested from his physical body on July twentieth, twenty twenty. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they would say it like that, but that's how they say it. I don't know. You know, it, it's interesting to think whether this dude's alive or not. He would have been seventy something, seventy three, if my uh, calculations are correct. There. So, anyway, just a weird dude. Some strong allegations brought up against him, uh, leading this strange religion, um, founding it evoking satan all kinds of weird shit right now some of the tenets of the whole thing obviously they go off some writings um the writing is the book coming forth by night which i mentioned earlier which set himself is purported to speak through okay this is uh not to make fun of the mormons or anything but this is like that same idea or even christianity really right like they say that these different spirits and these different gods are talking through them and this is how this book is written it's not just the fact that someone might say i mean i could say that god's speaking through me right now it doesn't mean it's true right um or you can be real weird with it and say god speaks through all of us which i also don't think is true but this is kind of what they're saying here and they're talking about set the old egyptian deity right and the temple's philosophy and teachings are revealed in a series of occult writings titled the jeweled tablets of set each tablet is keyed to a specific degree in the temple hierarchy only the introduction to the first tablet the crystal tablet of set titled black magic is available for non-members you got to work your way up i'm sure you got to pay in too see it's likely what it really is mostly is a scam just like most other religions especially fringe ones like this right there's that whole marijuana religion um and i got some some shit from the uh weed smokers out there guys i smoke weed okay uh i just don't like the culture around it you know let's all uh let's all smoke a bunch and then just sit there and look at each other you know let's not really do anything that's my making fun of it okay uh you don't have to agree with me but that's the way I see it. And a lot of these weird religions like this uh, kind of do the same kind of shit, right? It's it's just, it's fringe. There's no, there's not a serious group of people behind this. And it's a lot of times a way to make money. Again, being tax exempt, all these things. But other than the writings, they believe in self-deification, be your own God, right? We're all gods. And Zepper, which we'll, we'll kind of talk about Zepper just a little bit here. Um... The human individual is at the center of Setian philosophy. The temple places great emphasis on the development of the individual, postulating self-deification as the ultimate goal. The realization of the true nature of the Setian is termed becoming or coming into being, and uh, it's represented by the Egyptian hieroglyphic term kefir or zeper, Z-E-P-E-R, uh, 
I guess uh, for some reason it's giving you like a breakdown of, of the word here, Z, or I'm sorry, XPR. Um, as the temple of Set refer, uh, prefers to write it, I guess that's the kind of their calling card is XPR rather than writing out the whole thing. They just leave out the E's. Very uh, trendy of them to do that, right? Now, the, the uh, term is described in the book of coming forth by night as the word of the Aeon of Set. Members attempt to, quote, preserve and strengthen their isolate, psyche-centric existence. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> though adherence to the left-hand path... Oh, I'm sorry, through adherence to the left-hand path. This is what happens when I read for too long. Um, the idea is in opposition to the traditional goal of hermetic and Western mystical practices, which is the surrendering of the ego into a union with either God or the universe. So rather than killing their ego, like in hermetic principles, right? They want to strengthen their ego. And rather than going with God or the universe, they're kind of just going back into themselves. It's a very selfish way, I think, to uh, to operate. It's a very new agey too, right? And actually, there's a clip that we're going to play on the news show this week where Anton LaVey... And the girl in the uh, the clip calls him Antoine. So it'd be hilarious if there was like an Antoine LaVey out there that was, you know, a black dude that was like the opposite of uh, Anton LaVey. He's just like a good guy. But this Anton LaVey idea that, uh, that he was thrilled with the new age uh, while also kind of being, it seems, frustrated with it, that they're taking all the themes of Satanism and rebranding them into like this colorful rainbows and unicorns thing. Very effective for them if they're actually trying to recruit people over to the Prince of Darkness, right? In their words, they do not do this. Like I said, I think that's bullshit, though. I think that's just a cop-out when they get questioned. These people are very weak-minded, and you can see it when they start getting questioned. They're they're intelligent people. Anton LaVey was very intelligent. Michael Aquino, I think he was an evil genius, right? Um, or at least a corrupt genius. Very, very, um, you know, self-motivated, but intelligent. And you'll see that through my interpretation of this paper that we're going to get into in here in just a second. I just wanted to go through a few more of the principles here uh, with uh, with this entire thing. Now, Set is obviously their god. Magic's a big part of the entire thing. Uh, huge emphasis on uh, the division between the objective and the subjective universes is what they call it. Uh, in Setian religion, the objective world is understood and represented uh, re representing the natural world and humanity's collective meaning systems. Um, while the subjective universe is understood as the individually experienced world and the individual meaning systems. Kind of cool, right? I mean, it, it's a it's an interesting idea, but this is kind of what they feel is magic and kind of the blending of the two is important to them. Now you have the last thing that I will get into is like the leadership and the structure of the religion you have first degree all the way through sixth degree very poetic right six is a big number for these guys your first degree is a setian your second degree is an adept your third degree is a priest or priestess of set your fourth degree is a magister or magistra templi fifth degree is a magnus or a maga that's interesting right a wizard or witch and uh maga right and then the sixth degree is uh epissimus or epissima not sure what that means maga obviously sticking out there a little bit you wonder if trump's involved with that whole thing huh now the leadership 
Obviously, you got Michael Aquino on top there. Ronald K. Barrett, Don Webb, Zena Shrek, which I think is <laughs> Zena LeVay. Yeah. Zena LeVay changed her name. Um, let's see. Why is is because she married someone, I'm assuming. Nicholas Shrek. Let's see who this guy is. Looks exactly like her dad, which is creepy as fuck. He was an American singer, songwriter, musician, author, actor, filmmaker, tantric Buddhist, <laughs> and uh, religious teacher based in Berlin, Germany. I know, you know, some people give me some shit for just making fun of stuff that I don't, you know, agree with. A white dude being Buddhist is fucking weird, man. It really is. I'm sorry. You can tune out if you don't like me saying that. It's strange, okay? It's a lot of times it's people that are... Uh, just trying to have group sex. I mean, look at these yogis out here, right? There's like a lot of people that uh, that take advantage of their students in yoga. And uh, I don't know, man, just uh, a funny thing. You know, I was listening to an um, uh, interview with Bryce Mitchell, who's a UFC fighter. He's a big conspiracy guy, huge flat earther, and a uh, big proponent of like farming and stuff. And they were talking about yoga a little bit. He was like, I used to think yoga was gay and satanic and all this stuff, but it really helps you out, you know? And he's, he's from Arkansas. He's got a thick southern accent, and it's pretty funny just hearing him talk like that. But, um, yeah, Zena, Zena Shrek is Zena uh, LaVey, and she is still around. She's still affiliated with the Temple of Set, apparently. Patricia Hardy and James Fitzsimmons. So, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to see that this church breaks away from her father's organization and then Zena LeVay now Zena Shrek signs up to kind of uh you know help lead it so yeah kind of a kind of a fun little breakdown of that and I'm always interested in this stuff you know I think it is really cool stuff to get into now let's talk about this paper that I was referencing here the paper is very much something that uh, we're going to be focusing on here and we're not going to do a super deep dive i'm going to kind of just talk about my interpretation of it kind of bring up some key points in it uh the paper is called and i'm just going back to the top here psychological operations the ethical dimension by lieutenant colonel michael a aquino usar class of 1987 good stuff here good stuff um this came out in 1987 obviously and you've got four chapters in an appendix here. The first chapter through the fourth, uh, including an introduction, I should say. The relevance of ethics to PSYOP. It's just a quick page there. Uh, chapter one is ethics in American political culture. Chapter two, PSYOP in American political culture. Chapter three, ethics and PSYOP in contrasting cultures. And chapter four, ethics in American PSYOP. And then you got your major influences in pre-enlightenment ethics. He talks a lot about like philosophy in this. Um, and and I, like I said, I'm sharing the the uh, link to the paper with you all. If you're interested, you can read the whole thing yourself. I, I do enjoy reading things like this from these kinds of people that I just completely disagree with, especially if they're only 40 pages. I'm not reading like a 200-page book from this dude. I'll tell you that right now. But it is very much an interesting concept that this dude is bringing up here talking about the ethics in psychological operations and psychological warfare you wouldn't think that there would be any right but Aquino would in fact disagree and um, he would actually say that psyops are based off of ethics and it's essentially put out there and, and psyops are conducted to kind of shape ethics 
into the correct way of thinking, the more enlightened way of thinking, right? Now, coming from a Satanist that's a specialist in this stuff, that's scary, right? Um, so we get into it here. Uh, he's saying that ethics are highest in the West and in first world nations, evolved nations. Third world nations don't really have many ethics, uh, which I think is, you know, I don't get offended by much and I'm not offended by this. But, you know, if I was part of a third world nation, I would think this was kind of offensive saying that just because you've evolved more materially, you're somehow superior to us like spiritually and mentally and all these things, right? I think the opposite is oftentimes true. But what really gets me here is kind of the implication that ethics is most present in American politics. That's just provably false. Um, and, and again, this is my interpretation. You can read through this and you can, if you're you know kind of doubting my take on it. But he says that we have very fair and just and ethical elections here and our political process is ethical where in the third world it's not there's that's why there's so many corrupt elections there right our leaders aren't bought and paid for here in the u.s it's all ethical and he says this while immediately saying that the definition of ethics is very loose there's different schools of thought when it comes to ethics and essentially that it's up to people in power to determine ethics again scary thought and not only determine those ethics, but implement them properly in society. The the sheep will follow all these powerful ethical leaders if they psychologically manipulate them in proper ways. And this is why some people may see an ethical problem with governments running psyops on their own people, in my opinion. But I guess we shouldn't worry. The government determines what ethical what's what's ethical here. So I don't know. Uh, they can't act unethically, essentially from what I'm gathering from Mr. Aquino here. Now, he shares a quote from Al Capone, and then he shares his own version of this. And this is meant to sound very profound when he's just saying the same thing. Capone's quote was, you can get more with a polite request and a gun than you can with just a polite request. Think about that. You can get more with a polite request and a gun than you can with just a polite request. Now, Aquino's version is you can get more with a polite request and a gun than you can with just a gun. It's the same thing. He's saying that a polite request and a gun is always going to be more efficient than one or the other, right? Again, meant to sound very profound, but just this is what, like, it seems like um, intellectuals do, right? They take something and essentially say it the same way, and then they're supposed to be kind of... Uh, you know, embraced for it and, and thought to be very profound. He says some profound things throughout this paper. Um, doesn't mean I agree with one thing that he's saying here. But then even the, port, the, the uh, points that I somewhat agree on, he ruins that. I'm like, okay, maybe we can find some middle ground here. No, not at all. Um, so yeah, it, like I said, just taking the same thing and trying to make it sound a little a little better and to fit into his way of thinking. The polite request versus the gun. Why not just do both, right? Uh, this is where Aquino then drops the definition of psyops and psychological warfare, or psywar, as it's called. Psyops includes psychological warfare, so we, we need to know what psychological warfare is. But psyops includes psychological warfare and, in addition, encompasses those political, military, economic, and ideological actions planned and conducted to create in neutral or friendly foreign groups the emotions, attitudes, or behavior to support the achievement 
of national objectives. Okay? Psy war is the planned use of propaganda and other psychological actions to influence the opinions, emotions, attitudes, and behaviors of the hostile foreign groups in such a way as to support the achievement of national objectives. Now, which one do you think is more in place today that the American government is perpetuating onto its people here, including me? Do you think it's that first one, which does include psychological warfare? Do you think that, again, it's encompassing those political, military, economic, and ideological actions planned and conducted to create and neutral or friendly foreign groups? The emotions, the attitudes, the behavior to support the achievement of national objectives? Or do you think it's the planned use of propaganda and other psychological actions to influence the opinions, emotions, attitudes, and behaviors of the hostile foreign groups? I personally think it's the second one. I think it's the planned use of propaganda rather than just, you know, kind of coaxing. There's propaganda all around. Look at the freaking news. Turn on the news. Turn on social media. Every which way you're being hit with propaganda. And I think that that is strictly psychological warfare. And to his definition, here it is. So I think the biggest psyop right now is that we're calling these things psyops. It's psychological warfare. Again, psyops is a broad definition, but we need to be more specific. It's just like the idea of eugenics versus euthenics, right? Eugenics is improving future generations. Euthenics is improving the current generation. I think that what they're doing is euthenics, but they keep calling it eugenics because then we start looking into the future instead of focusing on right now. I think that we are being attacked with psychological warfare methods, right? Um, it's not just a psychological operation. It is psychological warfare uh, perpetuated by the U.S. government, in my opinion. Okay. Now, you also notice when, um, you know, I'm going through those definitions, there's no mention of the truth, right? No mention of it whatsoever. And the whole objective has nothing to do with truth. It's all about an agenda. Right away after that, he talks about what propaganda is. And he gives you this. He says, any form of communication in support of national objectives designed to influence the opinions, emotions, attitudes, or behavior of any group in order to benefit the sponsor, either directly or indirectly. That's what propaganda is. And I think that's a very good definition. Again, any form of communication in support of national objectives to basically design or influence any kind of way that someone can approach something, opinions, emotions, attitudes, behavior, that is propaganda, okay? And he goes on to admit here, that most people have a negative outlook on propaganda, and this is all the fault of the Nazi propagandist Goebbels here, right? Goebbels was obsessed with finding the truth, and he created his own facts, and when those facts are created by sinister forces, this is a problem, right? But don't worry here. Aquino, the Satanist, <laughs> assures you that when the U.S. government and military do it, it's safe propaganda. It's propaganda for the greater good. He literally is, is, is implying that here. Again, you have to read between the lines. He's not coming out and saying it. These are very smart people that are saying things in a certain way. And I had to read it a couple times. Uh, I read through this thing very slowly, um, kind of coming up with my own conclusions on what they're implying here. But think about that whole thing that I just mentioned there. Think about propaganda is always put out there to benefit the sponsor. So if the sponsor is the U.S. government, of course it's going to be good. To people like Michael Aquino who are working on behalf of the sponsor, the U.S. government, the U.S. military. Interesting use of words. 
for sure to use the sponsor. What if the sponsor is the military industrial complex with their kid-friendly military recruiting ads? What if it's the medical industrial complex telling us that some experimental vaccines are going to be safe for us? They're not only going to be safe, they're going to save our lives. And if we don't take them, we're going to die. We're going to kill our loved ones if we don't take these experimental things. That could be a sponsor. And then propaganda could be put out there. And they will always think it's good, especially when corporations and the government and the propagandists are all in cahoots there. They might even use such an extreme measure like partnering with donut companies in this case, right? Uh, partnering with um, fast food chains and all these things and bribing people into little perks and shit like that. That's how you really know that corporations, government, military, medical, these things aren't all separate. They're all working together against us. And I think this is where people really kind of have some shortcomings in, in realizing this. Um, my mother, I love her to death, but she doesn't believe that conspiracies are real because she thinks that these people are too stupid. Now, I respectfully, very respectfully disagree with her on this because, and I said this in so many words, it's stupid to think that, right? It's just wrong. It's it's like saying that um, just because you haven't noticed racism or crime, that it's not real. Conspiracy is just people working together to do things that are unlawful or illegal or immoral, we can say at this point. It's absolutely real. And and thinking that these people are too stupid to pull it off is our downfall, right? It's fighting a bully versus a disabled person. We're thinking that these people are disabled people rather than bullies. Say it all the time. It might be a tired reference at this point. But back to the idea of the sponsor, what if the sponsor's a political candidate that the media happens to agree with? And even if they're unqualified or essentially a corpse their message is agreed with because the other candidate is meant to look bad. Maybe it's all theater, maybe it's not. But you know where I'm going with this. It's not till after the candidate's elected and in office for four fucking years that the wide, wide majority of the public realizes that they might have been lied to. And at that point, it's really too late. A lot of damage has been done. And obviously, you know I'm talking about Joe Biden here. How the hell did this dude get elected without all of this propaganda, I still don't think he got elected. I don't think that their blatant propaganda is as efficient as we think. And I think that's another psychological operation, not psychological warfare, but that's another operation that's being carried out that it's going to be so obvious when the talking heads are perpetuating or pushing any kind of propaganda. It's going to be so obvious to us because look at the Biden thing. We knew what was going on. They just still bended the facts and made everything work. They can be more sneaky. They can throw things out here that are so obvious to us that it turns us off. And then we're like, okay, we're going to know when they're lying to us. We're going to know when they're trying to push a narrative. Not always. Then they can come in with, then they, they drop the uh, the fat redhead hick, right? Oliver Anthony. Or I, is it Oliver Anthony or Anthony Oliver? Whatever it is. Oliver's a cat name. I don't care. But... That's that's a, a sneaky, sneaky psychological operation right there. Okay. Um, there can even be hard proof that something is true in a, in a situation like this, like this Biden laptop scenario, for example. There's solid proof that there was a laptop with child porn, uh, a laundry list of illegal activities, but the talking heads and the propagandists tell you it's not true, and that shows how powerful the propaganda is within our institutional media. The U.S. media is the most effective propaganda machine of all time. 
and it's not just media here. Again, I mentioned earlier, these things all work in cahoots. You have the universities, you have the corporations, which there is a direct line from universities to corporations. The activist groups that are funded by the CIA and they're meant to look grassroots, right? Hollywood, which, you know, they're figuring out right now how unneeded they are. They're so inefficient at, at what they do in Hollywood that, I mean, they're, they're realizing how unneeded they are. But still, it's been a key piece of the propaganda machine this you know since its existence. And I think it was built to be that exact thing. Our whole system here is meant to be a place, in my opinion, that propaganda can thrive because the wealthy people who have high paying nine to five jobs and don't really work their way up a corporate ladder, they get hired right out of these universities into positions of power within a company. And for the people that are trying to work their way up the ladder, they have to kind of befriend their bosses. They have to ask kiss a little bit. These people are usually college educated. And then you have the, you know, individuals that are, that are, you know, going the old fashioned way, starting from the bottom, working their way up to the top. They have to kind of befriend the bosses because they have to agree politically with them, right? If you're going to go out to dinner or lunch or whatever, have some drinks with the boss, politics is probably going to come up or certain things that imply political stance is going to come up. Gun talks, um, religion, possibly. I mean, this is what friends talk about. And when someone's trying to get to know somebody, they talk about this stuff. Not everyone, but some, some people will absolutely do this. And they have to act or act like they believe this this shit that the that the higher ups are kind of talking about they might not believe it right away they might not think i don't need to feel this certain way or whatever um but once you're around a certain amount of people that are successful you start to kind of gravitate towards those ideas i think naturally i don't even think it's a conscious thing when i worked at pepsi i saw how safe the work environment was right and how everyone higher up this work totem pole seems so liberal. It's all about your feelings. Even at a company with 90% men, it's all like, oh, we can't feel offended here. Nothing can go wrong. We all got to take care of each other. Uh, It's a very safe work environment with a liberal push to it, right? Now, my aunt who who got me that job, really good person, uh, great person, honestly. So, you know, I'm not trying to talk down or anything to anyone like her. Because I think that there are some some morally good people and some just downright good people that don't pay attention to news, right? Now, she does this. She doesn't really pay too much attention to news or to politics, but she very pridefully votes liberal. Like when the whole Trump and um, Biden thing was going, she was more on the Kamala Harris train, which is wild to me. But again, people have different opinions, and I try to respect them. Um the opinions. I obviously respect the person here. But uh, pridefully voting for liberal, liberal policies, liberal candidates, and all these things. And I think that, it, I genuinely think that it's because of the habit that was created by her being around all these other people at, at her work. Excuse me. And, you know, it, it certainly will rub off on you when you're starting to hear people talk about, you know, Oh, I'm, uh, who are you voting for? You're not supposed to talk about it, but everyone does, right? Again, the only reason I bring her up is because she's very successful in this whole thing, and she she really did work her way up from basic entry level positions to pretty high up in a in a significant corporation, right? She's close with her supervisors. 
in her situation, I don't think it's ass kissing. I think it's it's honestly it's being smart. It's it's partnering up and and kind of befriending the people that can move you up the ladder. And when that's going on, again, you're going to talk. You know, I, I'm sure that they've gone out for drinks and I'm sure that they've had friendly conversations and they talk about politics. This stuff rubs off on these people and it's meant to be that way. Again, starting with universities, now starting in, in elementary school, kindergarten, they're talking about all these multiple gender things in like very young age classrooms. And like I said, I think that they, that these people start to believe that there's something to being liberal here. And I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here uh, away from this paper, but it's just to, to kind of you know illustrate how effective the propaganda really is. It's a, it's a generational process to really kind of brainwash the masses, right? You start with one generation, then you move to the next, and you can change how these people think. I really think that the people that are, you know, teenagers right now, they're either going to be the softest people in the world or they're going to be some of the toughest and most successful people because we're in that fourth turning where, you know, the, the weak men are making hard times. So you're either going to be weak and you're going to fall apart or you're going to kind of rise to the occasion. Like I think I see a lot of kids do. Um, you know, I, I mentioned my sister fairly often on the show. She's 19 and, uh, her and her boyfriend seem to be pretty well put together. They're not sensitive kids. Um, you know, both, both of them still have their mom and dad together, which is rare in itself. So, you know, you're, it's going to go one of two ways really for a lot of these people. Um, and I hope that it goes, the way that my sister and, and her boyfriend are. I, I'm proud of them, to be honest. They're, they're really good at just living. Just, you know, it's not that hard. You know, you, you just have to be fucking normal to an extent. Everyone's got their weird little uh, quirks. But, you know, having to go and cry in a safe room is not going to work in the real world. Um, I don't know. Those are going to be the people that go and live in cities like the Lion and stuff like that, right? Where there's going to be a fucking cry room on every corner. But... Yeah, they, you know, back to the propaganda here. They the the reason why it's so evolved to be liberal in a lot of these people's minds is because the idea that conservatives hate gay people, they only like rich people, they don't want any kind of free health care. All this stuff's bullshit. The idea of conservatism and liberalism has changed big time. So, I don't know. It, it, it's so ingrained in our society right now that it's going to be tough to turn away from that. But I think that that's uh, kind of a long way to say that the propaganda is very efficient and it creates people in positions of power that will also influence lower level workers and students and all these things, right? There's still, believe it or not, college students that look up to the professors in a weird way. Um, sometimes too much, if you know about like the sexual scandals and all this stuff. I think that that's a huge part of it, uh, whether it's intentional or not. I, I think some of it's gotta be organic, but still, it's um, it's very efficient. And then you hear the same things in the news where you're working at the same place that uh, Jake Tapper went to the same university, right? It's it's strange. But anyway, um, back to this here. Uh, and there's going to be a few rants, so hopefully you're okay with that, right? Um, I'm trying not to curse too much. But also, you know, if you, if you want to listen to episodes where everyone's kind of talking the same everyone's trying to be very professional and polite and all these things you there's tons of other shows you can listen to if you don't like the way that i do this um so we probably will fucking cuss a little bit to be honest all right now when shit's gone too far we're all working 12 hours a day i think that a lot of you are going to be cussing too 
So let's uh, let's try to try to reel it in. Let's try not to be so sensitive, okay? Because yeah, the, the cussing and stuff comes from a point of frustration mostly. Um, I'm happy, uh, happier than I've ever been working this job that I'm working, kind of just living the life that I'm living. Very happy, but I can still be frustrated on behalf of other people. I see a lot of people that are mistreated and overworked, and it's fucking frustrating. So again, if you don't like it, there's all kinds of stuff you can listen to where they're gonna approach it just how you would, okay? Um, frustrating stuff but yeah let's get back into this that was a a long enough uh, derailment of the show I want to read the way that Michael Aquino cites uh, this statement made by a US Army uh, dude I I don't know exactly where he is I think it was um, a general that had spoken to him about this and it's talking about propaganda and it's this. I'm going to read the words as they are, and then I'm going to give you my interpretation. My interpretation is a little lengthier than the actual statement, but then I'll go back and I'll read it um, so you kind of understand where I'm coming from. But but try to come up with your own as I'm reading the, the initial uh, statement made by this U.S. Army general. So, and this guy was also in the psychological warfare area, from what I'm understanding, He says this, he says, U.S. Army propaganda is based on a strategy of truth. It seeks to strengthen or create a favorable image by emphasizing the credible truth. This is so because the complete truth is frequently not believed by the target audience. Dedication to the truth does not imply that the full recounting of facts is required or advisable. Facts to support certain themes may be selected while others may be excluded. The propagandist reports those facts that present his side in the best light that's that's wild alone but it sounds okay right if you're actually paying attention if it's someone that looks good and they're wearing a nice suit and they're saying that and smiling at you in the middle of it like politicians do it might go right over your head right not you guys you guys are smart this is my interpretation of those exact things and i'm not stretching here okay my interpretation of what the guy just said U.S. Army propaganda is based on creating our sponsor's truth. It seeks to strengthen or create a favorable image of our sponsor's facts by emphasizing our sponsor's truth. This is so because our sponsors don't have your best interest in mind. They're motivated by greed and power, and we need you to simply think that your well-being is their top priority. You don't naturally believe what our sponsors tell us to say, so we have to manipulate the truth ourselves. To get you to agree with our sponsors... We will intentionally leave out key facts, and actually the full set of facts would make you disagree with our sponsor's message altogether. After a manipulated set of data is approved by our sponsors, our carefully selected and very highly paid talking heads will speak our sponsor's truth into existence at such a high frequency that you'll begin to believe our sponsor's truth genuinely. And at that point, we are rewarded and have proven ourselves worthy of a more complex, future task okay does that make sense do you think i'm reaching there right propaganda is based on a strategy of truth no it's based on creating our sponsors truth it's interesting that they say it like that you can rewind it and you can hear the original version if you want um and then and then you know maybe listen to that a couple times but yeah it's absolutely just targeting an audience manipulating the facts putting out an, an agenda and propaganda that benefits truth but it's the sponsor's truth vaccines are good 
this experimental vaccine needs to be taken by everybody. That's not true. That's Pfizer's truth, right? That's Moderna's truth. That's the U.S. government's truth. So yeah, it's it's wild. Now, this is interesting that he brings up and he openly talks about these three types of propaganda. And I think this is great. And this is something that everyone should know. It's white, gray, and black propaganda. And you can imagine what these are without me even telling you. But white propaganda is accurate sets of facts that happen to coincide with the message. Okay. So I'm trying to think of an example here. You can probably think of examples in your head. Actual facts that coincide with the message that is being put out there. Gray propaganda is facts where the source is not stated, and this is intentional. Black propaganda is the source of facts if is actually lied about, right? So maybe they'll just make up something, and then they'll get the permission of some legitimate establishment Mayo Clinic, let's say. And this is just an example. It's not. I'm not using them for real. Mayo Clinic will say something's absolutely 100% true when it's just factually not, okay? So yeah, I... I uh, I like the three types of propaganda there, and it's cool that he shares that. Uh, out of all the things, you can't say Michael Aquino hasn't done nothing for us, right? Uh, just kidding. Someone's going to be offended by that, I'm sure. But this is where the admitted difference of truth and the truth is mentioned, again, by a fucking U.S. Army colonel who was on trial for pedophilia, didn't get tried for it, but on trial, and he founded a satanic temple in san francisco again this isn't some fringe dude out here talking this is a guy who got caught doing what i believe is mainstream at this level of society worshiping darkness doing horrible things to kids manipulating the masses into acting against their own will i think this is the norm at that level of society they probably do some pretty weird shit right now he goes on to talk about how the military protects the constitution which i actually like to hear him say this and it's an absolute fact, but he shits on that idea right away when he says that the Constitution says whatever the executive branch says it does. That's wild. He says that it's open for interpretation by the Supreme Court, similar to, and I quote, how the Egyptian priests interpreted the will of Amun-Ra. Funny he brings up Egypt with uh, his Temple of Set and all of this stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a accurate representation, I think, uh, you know, kind of the way that conspiracy theorists look at the religions of Egypt and stuff like that I think it's it's accurate very much so now this all ties in with what he refers to as the military culture and he claims that because of this complex nature of military culture it's very difficult next to impossible to nail down what good ethics are we're going back to the ethics thing and really what good ethics would be to kind of like the brass and the more educated people not to say that you know entry-level military members aren't the smartest but you know there's that idea that that marines eat crayons and all this stuff and uh, i didn't serve this is just like what my buddies say that have served that is uh it's kind of fun right uh for some reason everyone likes to say that the air force is lazy uh air force seems like the coolest one because you get to fuck with cool planes and stuff a lot of people say the navy's gay I don't really agree with that either, but it's just kind of one of those things, right? That's the cool part of military culture. This is not the military culture that uh, Aquino is talking about here. He's more talking about like the philosophies of the higher level people, right? And to these educated folks within the military, which are, you know, establishment created, they're going to understand this falsely complex nature of ethics when ethics isn't complicated ethics is straightforward i think do the right thing it's not very hard to do the right thing 
um, it becomes a little more clouded when there are these agendas that the government wants the military to push and to fight on behalf of. So that's when it gets tough. But whoever's giving these orders at the top understands that the, that the that the people that are trying to do the right thing are going to be kind of persuaded by these elites and by these you know intelligent people that understand the propaganda and the psychological operations and warfare that are taking place here and i i kind of equate it to the way that the devil you know we're, we're told that the devil understands the bible better than any person right um or knows the bible better than any person it's similar in my opinion it, it's you know these high level people operating at the top of society they can understand how to manipulate this whole psychological operations you know agenda if you want to call it that whatever's being carried out they know how to use it to their advantage and he has a very interesting way Aquino does of describing things throughout this paper um clearly an evil genius like I mentioned and I think that there's a lot of code and you really you know when I say evil genius these things aren't exclusive to one another right you can look at Hitler you can look at successful politicians hell half the people out here are concerned are rather convinced that our politicians are just dumb people and we shouldn't take them serious they're just idiots that are out there bumbling around that's why they're able to get away with this stuff it's a handful of people controlling the masses by warping our way of seeing them it's genius it's absolute genius doesn't mean i agree with it doesn't mean i like them it means that they're geniuses okay um, and, and they're able to get away with this stuff because of the way that they're able to carry this shit out. Now, uh, the weird comparison that, that I'm, I'm mentioning here, the one that really stood out to me, is this spot where Michael Aquino says, once you allow a dog to attack a person and it tastes human flesh, that dog's relationship with its owner is forever changed and can never go back to the way that it was. What I think he's saying right here and let's just say he's referring to a burglar, okay? Uh, not like you have your dog just randomly go and attack people, but let's say you, you're, you, you train your dog to attack a person and it actually has to do that at one point because someone breaks in your house. What I think he's saying here is that the U.S. military or the ones carrying out the PSYOP, they're the human who owns the dog. They're the owner, okay? The target of the PSYOP is the dog. And then let's say that this burglar in this instance being attacked by the dog is like the goal or like the agenda of that target of the psyop there's something that they're trying to achieve okay and i'll explain this better but when the dog gets what it's going for in his words when the dog tastes human flesh hair it looks at its owner who is a person just like the one that the dog attacked and the dog realizes how easy it is to attack a human and it can do it whenever it wants right unless there's some reason in the dog's mind not to do it. So if the dog in this, you know, using that analysis or using that uh, allegory, we'll say, right? If the dog is the American public, the owner of that dog is the government, the U.S. government. And the person being attacked is, let's say, self-governance or independence from the system, right? The thing that the dog wants because it's been trained, to, it's been programmed a certain way. We've been programmed by God or by our creator, whatever you believe in, to live a certain way, right? 
I think we should be living more off the land and we should be doing all this stuff. And I think that that's deeply programmed in us. So there's a part of every single person that wants self-governance, whether they realize it or not. They want independence from the system. So again, the American public's the dog that wants self-governance or independence from the system. And the owner of this dog is the government. If we tasted that once, our relationship with our government would never be the same. Our relationship as the dog would never be the same as our owner. Okay. If we thought this as a whole, that we could live without the government, without our owner, we'd never need them, right? We could attack them. I'm not saying we should attack, by the way. I'm not trying to incite violence here. I'm just saying, I think this is what he is saying here, is that if a dog tastes flesh, if, if the public were to taste freedom, full freedom, independence from the system, self-governance, all this stuff, we would never have that same relationship. We would never need the government. We would all, all realize that. And again, in my opinion, I think that's what he's saying. I don't think that... Um, that I think it's more of a warning and it's trying to kind of illustrate the idea that there's this very important relationship and this this there has to be this threat kind of an unspoken threat that if the government doesn't exist and they're not there carrying out these psychological operations we would just be fucked as a whole and remember these uh, psychological operations are supposed to be they were intended to be carried out on the enemy but when the government views us the people as an enemy or even just a significant portion of the population people that vote a certain way or think a certain way or want to be independent from the system how are they not going to carry out these same tactics on us that they talk about carrying out on enemy territory especially when there's this proven playbook on how to wage psychological warfare on a population that seems to be very effective, right? There's a ton of money that goes into this and a ton of personnel that are specialized in this. So why wouldn't they just use those same tactics on us to get us to think a certain way, right? Now, if you're not sold on my like dog interpretation that I kind of threw out there a little bit ago, um, he's he, he's using this, right? It's not me making up this story of this dog that he's that he's trying to lay out. It's just me kind of trying to dissect what he's saying a little bit he goes in to say that the best way to keep the dog happy and efficient for the owner meaning the dog's a companion and also a protector right that's what a a good dog is it's to train the dog it's to keep it on a leash in his words when a dog's on a leash it's the best it operates the best for the owner right now this obviously isn't always true but this is what he's saying the owner has control over it when it's on the leash or when it's off the leash there's not as much control so we have to keep that dog on a leash the government has to keep the the population on a leash and i think that again it's exactly what he's getting at here it's coded language some of this stuff's in bold so it's like meant to be really noticed and a lot of this stuff is in bold here so i think i think he's very good at what he's doing i think he's he's coding language and it's brilliant it really is it's it's dark and it's really it's really nasty to do but it's brilliant on his part now moving on um and we're almost wrapping up here because this is a longer episode than i'd intended i guess that's what happens when i start ranting right uh and believe it or not i'm 100 percent sober recording this so again moving on he says psyops are always supposed to aid in actual combat and this is kind of scary to me because if you feel like they're are constant psyops being carried out on American people like I do, you got to think, well, where's the combat part, right? I think it's in vaccines. I think it's in our food, our water, our air, our culture, which is rotting, right? 
I don't think his version of combat is kinetic warfare always, right? Bullets and bombs and shit like that. I think they actually prefer Cold Warfare tactics, and especially in this case, because they can still get their massive military budget paid for by people that they're attacking, right? Not not with bombs, again, with medicines, with foods. Look at our healthcare system. It's pumped full of sick people because of the way that they, the regulations that they pass that make certain things super dangerous, fluoride in all the water, that's keeping the hospitals full. All that money that we're that that they're taking out for our taxes and whatnot, it's a powerful tool for them because, you know, they they instead of having to put that into protection, they can just spend it on shit, right? If we all decide that we don't need to support that anymore, and I'm not saying that, I'm just saying that this is what what they think. I think that this is a smart thing that they're doing, which is keeping us feeling like we have to feed this war machine because it keeps us all safe. I think the opposite's true personally, but. Um, it's the idea of, you know, let's tax the shit out of these people and make them depend on our system rather than kill them all right away and not have anyone to give us money and to work for us and get everything done. We're the ones that all work here and make the system work. It's not them. It's, it's really us. And I know that we all know that. But there's kind of this unspoken rule that none of this stuff would work without them making the rules, which is the opposite of true. They're making everything more difficult for us. And they're making it work for them. The system doesn't work for many people. There's this idea of the American dream, which I don't think is dead, but it's dying for sure. And it will be dead soon if people don't realize what the fuck's going on. If they don't wake up to this psychological warfare, not operations, it's warfare here. People need to wake up to that ASAP. And it is scary stuff, but I'm going to end on this here. Um, he, he has a couple of uh, actual passages, and this is a direct quote from this. And then I'm going to end on a quote that he has from a general um, it says this, it says the propagandist cannot believe in the ideology he must use in his propaganda. And this is interesting to me. He is merely a man at the service of a party, a state, or some other organization. And his task is to ensure the efficiency of that organization. So think of a talking head in this situation. They can't believe what they're saying. They have to be neutral. If the propagandist has any political conviction, he must put it aside in order to be able to use some popular mass ideology. He cannot even share that ideology, for he must use it as an object to manipulate it without the respect he would have for it if he had believed in it. He quickly acquires contempt for those unpopular images or beliefs. In his work, he must change the propaganda theme so frequently that he cannot possibly attach himself to any formal, sentimental, political, or other aspect of the ideology. So literally, these people that are saying these things on the news, if this is true, which I tend to think it is, he is kind of like the figurehead for PSYOPs in the United States. If this is true, the Don Lemons of the world the uh, and, and you can see this in, in someone like Don Lemon, but like the Jake Tappers, the Anderson Coopers, they can't believe anything that they say, which makes it extra evil that they're just putting these lies out. They don't support Joe Biden. <laughs> Don Lemon, in his case, how he's talking about how white men are evil. He sucks a white man off. This dude is married to a white guy and he talks about how white men are evil. He doesn't believe anything he's saying. He's supposed to say this shit. That's wild to me. It's really, really interesting stuff that none of these people can even be partial to one side or another. They have to go out there and say what they're supposed to say. That's interesting. Sometimes you think, well, maybe he just really feels like that. 
That's not the case. It can't be the case for it to work. So wild stuff. Last little part there. But um, yeah, he ends this uh, this whole paper, this 40 page uh, deal with a, a quote from Richard H.S. Crossman, who's a former director of political warfare. Um, and it's a long quote, and, and I don't go through the whole thing here. But uh, it's a little cryptic, and there's a short part where Crossman says this. He says, during the war, we discovered that the best propaganda is the truth. Remember, I mentioned this earlier, the truth, right? Best propaganda is the truth, because if you continue to put it out and the other side doesn't believe you, they will end up the same way as the Nazis did when we were putting out the truth and they refused to believe it. Huh. The truth or just truth? He says the truth, but their truth, I think, would be more accurate here. The best propaganda is their truth because, and I think this is just a terrifying statement, because the American elite were the Nazis, right? They literally collaborated, and then when they simply rewrote history, they just denied all these partnerships. We still know that they were there, right? The IG Farben cartel, the uh, Brown Brothers Harriman, all this stuff, the, the standard oil companies, right? It's, it's really, really wild that this dude ends this paper when he started it talking about how there's, you know, our truth is what we're kind of pursuing. And then he says that the best propaganda is the truth. They create the truth and you keep putting that out. And the people that don't sign up with you or don't, you know, subject themselves to your truth will just be proven wrong in the end because you've got the power to make them wrong, Right. So yeah, it's uh, it's very, very deep stuff here. And I just thought that this paper, it was a really interesting read. Um, again, I, I shared it with everybody here. If you want to read it yourself, it's definitely, you'll come up with all kinds of other interpretations, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, really, really interesting stuff here. And I think, you know, he slips this in here at the end to kind of wink at his cronies saying that, you know, we'll create the truth and continue to peddle it until we don't need to do this anymore and the other side either feels so much shame and joins us or just gets left behind it's dark stuff and it's it's scary it's scary when you think about all this but um yeah guys world was supposed to end today hasn't yet okay um remember all the movies and we kind of talked about it as uh you know why why is this date constantly in the news i mentioned it earlier i think that uh i think that it it you know, when we're talking about the comet passing through and all this stuff, right? Passing through Virgo. It's, uh, I think it might be like a, we need to pay attention to legislation and stuff, right? We need to pay attention to things that are passed this coming week. A new system might be taking place. I, I don't think that the world's going to end though. Um, no one's going to know when the hell that happens. So, uh, yeah, we need to pay attention guys. And, and psychological operations and psychological warfare are going to be a plenty. We're coming in, Excuse me, we're coming into a uh, election cycle that's going to be chaotic. So with that said, um, it might be beneficial for you to read this, to be more informed, to read the paper. Um, don't take my word for any of this stuff. It's all my interpretation, and it's it's loose. You know, I, I read through it and just kind of took some simple notes here and ranted a lot. So I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I uh, appreciate it very much. And uh, to everybody out there listening and supporting the show, I thank you especially. And everybody out there, take care.